Welcome to the Things That Matter podcast, a podcast where we aim to dig a little deeper, give a lot of grace, and have some fun along the way. Thanks for listening to the Things That Matter podcast. Hey, welcome back to the podcast booth for Things That Matter. Man, I said that really weird. Uh, it's been a minute, Cassie. It's been a while, but I'm really glad to be back. I- I'm glad to be back, too. Um, hey, we apologize. We we talked about, like, before Christmas, we would have this date. Uh, here's the deal. Both Cassie and I had COVID. Yeah, it was not fun. You, you feel better? Are you recovering okay, Cassie? Yeah, I'm good. I was really, I was, I was very, very fortunate, and so... I'm thankful to just get to be home with my kids for two weeks and then be really ready to come back to work and send them back to school. It was recharging. I, I mean, for me at least, it, it was a bit recharging once I exited the isolation period and went to quarantine Yeah. just to be with my family and work from home. Yeah. Blessing in disguise. Yeah. So this whole series, the next four weeks, we're talking about relationships. We're going to hit dating, engagement, uh, marriage, and even singlehood. Right, that all encompasses this beautiful thing of relationships. And today, we're specifically talking about dating. And coincidentally, we're talking about dating and refuge right now, Cassie. Yeah, you're doing this whole series, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's based off the book of Outdated by Jonathan Pakluta. I don't know how to say his last name. JP Pakula. We call him JP. How do you say his last name? Pakula. That's not it. It sounds better than how I said it. Okay. I, I, I slurred there because I didn't know how to say it. Chris and I both have a bit of a, uh, I don't know, pastor crush? Is that <laughs> I, I have a man crush. Okay. I'm just going to put uh, it out there. You know, he's, his theology is really on point. He does a Q&A every Friday on Instagram, and it's just really cool to see some of his responses that make you make you think. And he wrote this book called Outdated, um, and Chris will share more, but just this idea of like how we date in uh, American culture specifically is outdated and it's not working. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he he opens up the book and I I opened up the series with this um, word picture. How we've been dating, we've actually been driving longer than how we've been dating. And so a lot of people agreed that the first automobile was invented around the 1880s in Germany. The idea of dating became of, of our modern approach of dating came to fruition in the early 1900s. In fact, it was actually confused with prostitution mm. because no one had saw it done like that before. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So how, what I've been coming back to a lot with our students in Refuge, we've been driving longer than we've been dating. And I think naturally that asks the question, is scripture then relevant to our modern approaches to dating? And scripture, for the most part, is is silent about dating because biblical times, right? They, right? they didn't date the way we did. But that doesn't mean scripture is irrelevant. Sure. There's eternal, timeless truths there and how we can approach relationships that can save us from the harm, that can save us from the hurts that come with dating. Yeah, I mean, something I have really been processing in my own life uh, as I work through some of my previous hurt. And uh, TMI, all my dating experience was mostly negative. Um, but something I learned was that, like, the pain and baggage that I brought into my marriage was directly proportional to the number of serious relationships I was in beforehand. And so maybe that's being too broad stroke, but but I do think, Chris, and I don't know if you can speak to this, like, the, the more long-term dating experiences we have that aren't for the purpose of marriage is is proportional to how much harm and baggage we're going to bring into 
our, yeah. our real marriage. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're alluding towards staying in a relationship longer than we need to. Yeah. Um, recently, I had a conversation actually with a student who, who was asking questions about breaking up, and I shared with them the heartache that comes with breaking up, majority of that can actually be avoided. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the reasons we experience heartache is because we stay in a relationship longer than we actually need to. And often how that looks, the guy wants to break up with the girl or the girl wants to break up with the guy. So there's someone in the party who wants to be in the relationship and then there's someone else in the party who doesn't want to be in the relationship and that person stays in longer. And the irony of it, that person ends up hurt as well as the other person. And somewhere in our methodologies of dating somewhere in our modern dating approaches we've just trained ourselves to stay in situations that we shouldn't stay into and in the process like you said we create baggage yeah well and chris like i think it's good to even set the tone for what dating should be because what dating should be and at least in in my personal experience how i was in relationships and dated that was two different things yeah. And so what are you teaching our youth dating should be for and like? Yeah, so dating, uh, you're dating for the purpose of marriage. You know, almost. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know that's, I know I shouldn't be excited about that, but like that's not what, da- you know, in my, I say BC, before Christ, before Jesus, in my heart, that's life, like before that, that was not even in my frame of reference. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't thinking about marriage. Yeah, well... So this is this is a really weird way of putting it, but it's accurate. Dating is like a job interview. Mm-hmm. Okay, like when you are interviewing for a job, you're learning about that organization's values. You're learning about the organization's culture. You're learning about your boss, what his or her standards are. Likewise, they're learning about you too. And there's a point in the interview process where both parties can mutually decide to move together and uh, togetherness or decline and depart from one another. And if you choose to move together, you're making that announcement of, yep, we're in agreement, we're in alignment, we're moving in the same direction, uh, we're moving at the same speed. Paul talks about this actually in 2 Corinthians about, um, um, oh man, what's what's the word? It's the thing that goes over oxes. Yeah. Yes, about being equally yoked, okay? Or you can move away recognizing, yep, we're not in alignment, no harm, no foul. Yeah, okay, Chris, that's that sounds great. But when you are 16, 17, 18, and quite honestly, prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, you're not great at making decisions, there's a lot of mm. hormones and emotions mm-hmm. involved. Like, you just said that beautifully. I think everyone would agree with that. But how in the world do you teach adolescents to be sort of that discerning? That's a really good question. It's going to be drawn out, sorry. Um, I think it's a twofold uh, response. One's an observation and one maybe is a good answer. In this dating series we're doing, Cassie, here's what we're learning. Our sixth through eighth graders have all said the same thing. I'm not interested in dating, so why are we doing this? And our youth workers, and I didn't train them to say this, but in unity, in unison, have been responding, that's perfect. This is now the time to lay the groundwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our ninth through 12th graders, we're finding we're doing triage work. Yeah. So I think to come back to your question, even if your kids aren't interested in dating, they're being exposed 
and it's in that lack of interest, that's the time to lay the groundwork. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there is there is a piece too where, you know, you're trusting the process, you're trusting the Lord's sovereignty, and you're trusting a constellation caring adults to come alongside. Mm-hmm. So if your kid's in middle school or younger, start having those conversations yeah. about dating, about being equally yoked, about moving in the same direction. I think for ninth grade and older, in that triage, you have to approach it with kindness and empathy mm-hmm. and really listen in because despite the prefrontal cortex not being developed, which is the decision-making process uh, for everybody, there's still that emotional response that is developed and is being developed. And when a caring adult comes alongside without judgment and says, man, I, I hear you, tell me more, mm-hmm. that could begin a rewiring process, a redeeming process of what does it mean to look to date with purpose? Sure, sure. And so what what advice are you giving kids or young adults, youth, you know, students? Yeah, so JP in his book, uh, Outdated, he, he gives a really practical acronym called CROSS, and the first letter C is controlled. The reality is, like, you know, we all sin. We all have spiritually defective DNA and are susceptible to sin, and so there's a reality where we need to extend grace to someone. But if someone is continuously living uh, in unrepentance, that tells me they lack control. You know, and so you have to ask the question, do I really want to marry someone who's going to go cheat on me? Okay, so these are things to look for yeah. in a dating relationship. Yeah, or, or just gotcha. in a significant other, yeah. you know. Okay. So, you know, look for someone who's controlled. L- not like controlling of other people, but they can control. Self-control. Yeah, their yeah. motives, you mm-hmm. know. Is there is there a reality where they're not living in sin or, or partying or getting drunk? Um, or cheating on people or whatever. Um, the R is responsible. Mm. Uh, again, I, I ask the question, for yourself, for your own sake, do you want someone that you're going to be with for the rest of your life who's irresponsible? Yeah. You know, like, it's this isn't an issue about how much money you make. It's an issue of, like, how do you manage your money? Right. You know, how do you manage your time? How do you manage your, your relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, o is obedient, okay? We're all slaves to something or someone. Yeah. We all submit to something or someone, whether you're a Christian or not. There is a higher power that you submit to that you go to for comfort. That's that's probably, you know, who you're going to be or who or what you're going to be obedient to. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you're obedient to Jesus. And if that is actually a value of yours, you need to see that your significant other is obedient to Jesus. You know, and the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus says in John 14 and John 16, that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin. Uh, that's not to stifle your fun. That's actually to point back towards life. Right. And so someone who's obedient to Jesus is going to be open to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. Sure. The S is serve. Um, if you want to see how someone serves, look to see how they respond in serving someone who literally can't do anything in return to them because this communicates a high degree of submission. Right? And in, I mean, humility, right? Like yeah. that, that you're even willing to come under the authority of Jesus and yeah. ask for advice when you need it. And I would even extend like coming under the authority of the local church, yeah. you know, because you have spiritual leaders who are hopefully in a good spot right. where they want to see your betterment. Yeah. Finally, the last S is steady. Mm. This is super practical. This you know, is. Uh, again, same same rhyme as everything else. You want someone who is going to be responsible, who's going to manage their time, their finances, mm. their anger. Yeah. I think about when you say steady, I think about um, there was a defining moment when I was dating my now husband 
where something had gone wrong and I just like cringe because my previous dating experience would tell me the whole day was ruined. Mm. And he just bounced mm-hmm. back and was like, oh, all right, well, moving on. And I'm like, that was so steady. Like, I, I just, like, I knew this guy was different. And so that was, that one really resonates with me, the importance of being steady uh, in, in your future spouse. Yeah. 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 And, and steady for yourself, too, I would even add. Yeah. You know, train yourself to be steady. Ex- yeah. Experience your emotions, but oh, it, sure. it comes back to like, don't let your emotions guide you. Let your emotions inform you. Yeah, no, that's really good, Chris. That that's really cool. So you're walking through this with the the students. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's like what Pastor John says. Um, if we can prevent harm or save yeah. people a world of hurt now, all the better. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're not carrying that pain into your future marriage. Yeah, and yeah. it is it is tangible knowledge that can be passed on to the next generation. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, hey, that that's all the time we have. Cassie, what's what's our email? Oh, things that matter at shanochurch.org. And we love to hear from you guys. If there's something you want us to cover, feedback, we are excited to continue on this journey and be back from a couple weeks off. So Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys.